start the recording, switch this over to this screen. And all right, so uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, thank you for joining me uh, on our 26th session of Ophion. Um, I don't really have but one pseudo announcement. And uh, as you can probably see uh, on the Discord overlay, uh, we're running with a much reduced crew this time. Um, that is uh, by design. It's not as if uh, I have kicked players out, so no worries there. Um, but as such, we might be running a shorter session today, maybe, you know, hour, 30 minutes, two hours, maybe even shorter. Who knows? Uh, we'll, you know, play and see what happens. Um, but, oh, no, there was one other thing, and you'll have to excuse me for shilling a little bit here. Um, we are currently at 49 followers on Twitch, so I am literally one away from enabling subscriber mode. So... I, I hate saying this, but follows really help me out here. So uh, if you haven't already on Twitch, go ahead and give me a nice follow, and I appreciate it. Anyway, with that out of the way, uh, Captain, I believe you have the log for this week. Captain's personal log, Stardate 55701.9. We've entered our fifth week inside Tholian space of our projected six-month journey. While I have extended invitations to our Tholian handlers, they seem disinterested in any official or unofficial communications beyond the twice-daily status reports that they have requested. I don't know why they need them. Ambassador Guerin is no doubt giving them all the information they need. Crew morale is holding. Despite the early temporal excitement, there has been nothing to do. Holodecks are running 26 hours a day, seven days a week, and the converted cargo bay resort is getting a lot of use. Uh, cultural night has increased to become a twice-weekly activity, and we are starting to run low on spy and action movies. There's been suggestions to air romantic comedies next. I am frustrated with Ambassador Guerin's unwillingness to participate in these. She is either on the bridge or in her converted bridge and rarely anywhere else. Zareed has been spending a great deal of time with her, though. I'm hoping that her efforts will at least lead to some improvement in relations. Personally, I find myself turning inwards and working more on my art. Despite my enjoyment of interacting with the crew in a more relaxed setting, I find myself being a captain on a ship that is flying on autopilot. It's just the ennui of peace and quiet that I find very unnerving, a feeling that I did not expect when Skull set me on this path decades ago end log alrighty so uh, as you can probably guess uh, this is our lovely time to do the RP as you guys wish um, I know Beckett you did want to do the surgery um, but did anyone have any other scenes they wanted to get out of the way before I have Beckett uh, work on Sparja no nope uh Okay. Oh, sorry. One final announcement, and you're going to notice this as I uh, switch screens. Um, I had a lovely artist uh, do token art for all of my players. So, uh, yeah, you're going to be looking at new tokens for everybody. Personally, I think they did a good job, and, uh, you know, we're going to use them for the time being. Anyway, uh, so let's cut to Sick Bay, uh, where it is literally just Commander Beckett and Sparja, uh, as per Sparja's request. And uh, the surgery is prepped, and all Beckett has to do to kick things off is put her under. Alright. Um. 
Sorry. Um, okay, so now that we're here, I've cleared everybody out, as I said I would. Um, I've already talked to the captain, as well as um, uh, anybody else that needs to be in the know that I will be indisposed. I've already um, converted the emergency medical hologram to dump his memory banks after we get done with this, as far as for the last, well, however long the surgery is going to take. So the only person that's going to know anything about your medical history will be me. I appreciate your discretion in this matter, uh, doctor. Well, that's, if there's anything a doctor is supposed to have, it's discretion. Um, especially when it comes to his patients. So, if uh, you don't mind, lay back and we will get all of the shrapnel out and take care of what's, well, what's hurting your heart. All right. So she does so uh, on the uh, main bio bed. And uh, I'm assuming you go over with a hypospray and go and knock her out. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, uh, we're going to do an extended task. Um, hopefully one that will generate momentum for you. Um, so Beckett, uh, for the time being, your current roles are going to be control and medicine. Uh, the ship will also assist, and this is how I figured we'd do the EMH. Uh, the EMH's role will be represented by the ship rolling uh, sensors plus medicine. And okay. uh, the base difficulty of this is a 3, the magnitude is a 3, and the work track is a 12. Okay. Um, and I'm looking for it now, but I can't remember. Does being chief medical officer give me any extra rolls for, uh, or any extra dice for performing surgery or any medical task while on the ship? Let's find out. Yeah, because I know it's come up for uh, Locke being the science officer and the captain being him. Let me see. Uh, let's see. When aboard the ship, the chief medical officer always has the advantage medical department, which represents the ship's medical personnel. So if I read that properly, um, you have a similar advantage to the chief engineer uh, and sort of, you know, the chief engineer, as long as he's on the ship, uh, he has minus one to all engineering type thing. So I think it's the same thing for you just with medicine. Okay. Yeah. Kind of to show that there's always people around to help the chief engineer, chief medical officer type deal. Exactly. I think is okay. Um, so... So then the difficulty would still be three, or would it go down to two? Uh, it would go down to two. Okay. Then let's get some rolls going. Also, uh, out of curiosity, who's going to be rolling for the ship? I got the ship. Alrighty. Um, and um, I'm... I'm I'm quite certain that I have um, uh, a focus with trauma surgery. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So you start off with the momentum. Uh, go ahead and uh, roll me your challenge die now to see how much work you get done. Reminder that and is uh, two plus your medicine score. Sweet. Um, didn't oh there it is. I was like, didn't we used to have a little tab that said? challenge dice <laughs> yeah um, and you said anywhere no I, I see it it's underneath your your tab um and you said two plus medicine score correct okay well uh that is our magic number 
So uh, not only uh, do you make some good progress, which I'll describe in a moment, but uh, you do achieve a breakthrough, uh, which means that the difficulty goes down even further to a one for future roles. Um, but narratively, uh, what happens is uh, you having some knowledge of Sparja's uh, anatomy, uh, you sort of begin to open up a hole, a very, you know, neat uh, sort of aperture into her chest. And uh, I imagine you sort of have, like, above the uh, the sickbay, there's sort of a, a dome that can more or less manifest these, like, holographic arms or lights or tools, whatever you need. And for this in particular, what I had imagined, and of course you can flavor it differently... Um, but they're sort of like a miniature little tractor beam type thing. And uh, you begin basically pulling out these shards very carefully from the surrounding flesh. Um, but yeah, uh, that's almost halfway done with the task already. Sweet. Um, all right, let's give this another go. Okay, uh, there's two for me and Alright, so two momentum, even better. Challenge dice. Alright. So uh this has achieved the effect I wanted, so this is where we'll end the extended task. So Beckett, you actually finish far beyond or far behind the schedule. Uh, or what is it beyond? You know what I mean. You finish quickly. Um, in fact, whoa, whoa, whoa! Phrasing. <laughs> Isn't that my thing? <laughs> I think it's usually mine. Anyway, um, instead of the anticipated uh, three plus hour surgery, um, either you're just that good, or the initial scans you took weren't as serious as it looked when you looked inside. But you finished the surgery. You know, maybe within an hour, hour thirty minutes, and uh, you you know you feel uh, seal Sparja back up, and you sort of have a uh, a bowl full of uh, me metallic shards uh, sitting next to the bio bed, and yeah, uh, it is at your discretion uh, when to wake her up and uh, you know what to do with the shards. Um, I think she comes from a warrior culture. I will uh, not dispose of the shards i will actually keep them i'll put them in a little uh like sealed specimen jar or something to that extent mm -hmm. um and i won't immediately wake her up i will let her sleep it off okay um and i will stay in sickbay alone or at least in the surgery portion of sickbay alone um until she wakes up okay um, I would say, based on the medicine of the future, what I know of it, um, she'll stay out for probably about an hour more, uh, if you let her. That's fine. Okay. Um, so we'll fast forward a little bit here. And yeah, uh, Sparja begins to kind of stir, and she begins to look around, and uh, she eventually alights on your face, and uh, she smiles and says, Is, uh, is it done, Doctor? Um, I'll hold up the little specimen jar and kind of rattle it around a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, everything, um, all the 
shrapnel, foreign bodies, whatever you would like to call them, um, have been taken out. The uh, heart palpitations and everything that came from the blast, that's all been corrected as well. And I actually did it in about half the time that I originally thought I would. So I've been letting you sleep and rest. And again, I stayed in here by myself, so no one else knew what was going on uh, until you woke up. So uh, um, she, she does make to sit up unless you stop her. Uh, I will stop her, okay. and I will tell her that, um, uh, like, whoa, 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 not so hasty. Um, and plus, um, I'm going to use my superpower, and I'm going to give you some time off, so that way you can rest, um, and you don't have to worry about any duty shifts or anything like that. Stay in here, stay prone for a little bit, and then uh, I will help you to your room. Uh, thank you, Doctor, but, uh, not that this is an insult to you or your sick babe, but, uh, there's not a whole lot to do here. Well, that's true. I mean, I, I could bring in whatever, uh, 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 entertainment you would like as far as, uh, pads with books or movies. Um, but if you would like to get back to your room, I'd say let's give it another at least half an hour in here of just laying down, and then I'll I'll help you back to your quarters. Uh, excellent. Uh, let, let's let's do the latter. Uh, and uh, you know she'll sit back down and stare at the ceiling. And uh, I don't know. Would you literally let the next thirty minutes pass in silence, or would you try to you know strike up conversation with her? Um. No, actually, I I honestly would would do it in silence. Um, okay. I, I'll go to one of the um, wall sconces or wall pads and um, kind of um, punch up to where, where she's laying, where she would be looking on the ceiling. Like I'll dim the lights mm -hmm. and have um, basically uh, from the exterior sensors, like what the space I want to, like a moon roof is, is effectively what I'm trying to do. Okay. But to where when she's staring up, it's all the stars and everything moving as we're, we're traveling. Okay. Yeah, that is, that is certainly easy enough to do. And yeah. Um, and then after the half an hour, um, if, uh, if I am able to help her up and she's moving without any or without too much trouble, um, I'll help walk her back to her quarters if, you know, if she can't, then I'll sight to sight her back into her quarters. So uh, when she does finally sit up and, you know, hops off the bio bed, begins walking around, um, she certainly doesn't move with the, uh, you know, sort of slow caution of someone who's literally just had open heart surgery. Uh, she seems to be moving pretty much like normal. And, uh, you know, as she kind of takes a few quick laps around sickbay, uh, she says, I, uh, I feel fine, doctor. Uh, honestly, I think I could probably make it back to my quarters. No problem. Okay. But make me one promise. I, I kept up your end of the bargain. If anything starts to hurt, if shortness of breath, uh, chest pains, whatever starts immediately call me. Don't wait. Don't try to be the big soldier and, and just put it away. Call me. She smiles and uh, does bow her head a little bit and says, uh, I will do so, Doctor. Thank you. Um, and as she leaves sickbay, I'll um, just send a like a small little 
a text-only message to either the captain's ready room or his chair or both, just letting him know that the surgery um, ended and uh, everything went well and she is resting in her quarters. Okay. And the captain would reply with a smiley face. <laughs> Even in the 24th century, emoticons are a thing. Oh dear! They 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 always come come back around. It's a cycle, you know. Ancient Egypt and hieroglyphics, and now we're doing it. So I mean, you know, it's bound to come back around. Knack uh, has disabled them on his console. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a very Panek thing to do. All right, so uh, Panek Skull, uh, did you guys have any particular scenes you wanted to get out of the way? It can literally be almost anything at this point. I can, I can head out, uh, step out from my ready room onto the bridge. Okay. Yeah. Not. I'll uh, stand up from the okay. the captain's seat and give it to him. Um, I'm a hourly report, Mister Panek. Uh, we we are maintaining our current warp speed. Uh, we have received, uh, uh, main, we're maintaining um, intermediate contact with the, what is the name of the uh, ship escorting us? Uh, the Adelosite. We're maintaining co uh, intermediary contact with the Adelosite, and our course is steady. Uh, all ship, ship systems report um, ready status. Glad to hear it. Um, any update on our, any, uh, ah, any update on... Uh, our supplies? Will our rationing allow us to reach the end of our journey without any major uh, pit stops required? Uh, foregoing any situation that seems to pop up uh, around the ship, Captain. Duly noted. Keep it up, folks. We'll get home as fast as we can. Well, as fast as they let us. I'll just go down and accept uh, the duty roster from Panek and go, go over it in silence. Okay. Ever get the feeling of deja vu? Uh, I believe this is a human uh, affectation, Captain. Uh, yes. My memory is not as faulty. Yes. It's an interesting phenomenon, especially among joined trills. The feeling that you've done something not only before, but in a previous life. Not, but you can't quite remember which life it was. Not even the symbiotes have perfect uh, have memory as good as you, Panek. I could see where the conflict would come in with having so many memories. Mm. Just wish I could actually talk to the guy from now, every now and then. Hmm. Oh, well. So actually, um, Sona will kind of turn in her seat and uh, kind of speak up and says, uh, Captain, uh, if I may, uh, is there not a yes. specific trill ceremony in which you may communicate with your past hosts? <laughs> there are, There is indeed. And ever since the uh, Dax symbiote uh, started to uh, divulge certain secrets of the uh, Trill Ceremonies to the Federation at whole, it's been a question commonly asked. 
but it's often seen as something that must be done only when uh, absolutely necessary to preserve either one's self or the self of one or the uh, well-being of those that the host cares about. It's a very draining and emotionally intimate experience. And Trill's, Trill's society focuses more on the current life of the host rather than trying to dredge up memories of the past. I believe such a ceremony also calls for the presence of a symbiote guardian. That is also recommended, although I'm pretty sure that it could be done if with anyone nearby tapping a rhythmic beat on a tambourine. <laughs> Don't tell the uh, symbiote commission that, though. And Sona says, tell the symbiote commission what, sir? Connect just raises an eyebrow. We've only had you on board for... You've only been functional for about a year now. Am I correct, uh, Sona? Uh, on this ship, sir, yes. But prior to that, I was functional for approximately three years. Ah. Well, it's a pl it pleases me that we're already te teaching um, you uh, deceit and uh, secret keeping. I learned it from the best. And she looks deliberately at Panek. I'm just going to crane over my shoulder and raise an eyebrow and then just go back to poking a pad and muttering something. Well, if this is how the mutiny starts. And uh, Locke does kind of look over and hopefully Locke won't mind me taking a little bit of liberty. And he says, but but I used to do that for a little. You know what? I'm not going to get involved. You know what? I'm just going to. He just turns back around and goes back to, you know, scanning. Well, not scanning, literally staring at a read only console. <laughs> all right so uh any other scenes pretty much anyone want to get out of the way uh even if it's with uh one of your favorite supporting characters because uh, otherwise i will kind of move us to the quote-unquote meat of the session i'm good i'm good I'm good with getting stuck in for my last hour. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Skull, you know, you're on the bridge. Uh, you're just sort of reading reports and, you know, trying to kill time at this point. And the computer uh, chimes. And it says, uh, Captain Skull, please report to your ready room. Uh, computer, please confirm last statement. Uh, the computer sort of works and does that, uh, you know, kind of whirring sound, and it says, please restate command. Sorry, could you repeat that? Uh, I, I, you glitched out halfway through. Oh, the, uh, the computer says, uh, please restate command. Great, now even the ship wants me to do stuff. Okay, let's see where this goes. Miss um, Sh Shatsu, please, uh, please wait by my ready room door. Mr. Panek, you have the con. Um, if, anyone, if anyone hears blood-curdling screams, please come in and f rescue me. I'll set. F I'll uh, open the door and just stick my head inside. Okay. So, uh, in your ready room, in your chair, is your favorite character ever. It's Lady Q. And uh, today, she seems to be a lieutenant uh, in Science is Blue. 
I'm just going to audibly sigh. <sighs> Madam Q, welcome on board the Ophion again. To what do I owe this distinct pleasure? Don't stand out there in the cold. Come, sit down. Let's have a chat. I'm just going to make a uh, quick hand gesture back to a chat zoo that says imminent death is not likely in the near future and she can resume her post. Okay. I'll go and I'll have a sit over here and it's like you know I've never actually looked at my ready room from this per from this perspective. Well, ironically enough, uh I do have a discussion about perspective. But first, let's remark on current events. Uh I'm starting to wonder if you're ever going to come to my neck of the woods if you keep getting yourselves thrown across the quadrant every other week. Well, you would know more about the uh, skines of fate than I do, I'm afraid. I just go where the ship and the law and the current laws of astrophysics as I understand them take me. Hmm. That's an interesting answer, but uh you know, for your sake, I won't delve into why things keep happening around you. I'm I personally believe that it is the machinations of a of a person who appears to be impartial but really just wants to screw with us for the sake of other people that may or may not be watching or listening but what do i know the neck has an uneasy tingling in the top of his ears <laughs> uh but q actually does have a hearty laugh that and she says oh you can just say that we're the q we 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 have a single name right so miss q what would you like to discuss? Well, I had a bit of a brain teaser for you. Are you at all uh, familiar with Earth, Earth history? Uh, admittedly, only what they taught at the Academy and as research required. Hmm. Then would you be aware of the mythos surrounding dragons? It's... Not an uncommon phenomenon in mythologies around the Alpha Quadrant. Giant winged lizards that breathe primordial elements. On Earth, it was typically fire trills uh, due to its uh, uh, lack, of, uh, ocean, lack of large oceans. The dragons breathed fire, or breathed water, I should say. But yes, I know of them. Never encountered one, and why do I get the feeling that's going to change? Well, perhaps if, uh, well, let me put it this way. Don't you find it odd that all of these cultures, both on Earth and across the quadrant, all have similar mythos surrounding a similar being, yet no one's ever actually seen one? Well, we kind of did. Oh, if you right, mean him, a... and uh, there's right before you, kind of, in, or right before her in, like, the palm of her hands, uh, she makes a little image of the nebula dragon, and then kind of, you know, waves it away. He doesn't count. I would think, I think he said something similar to you, but that's beside the point. No, I don't believe anyone's actually encountered a dragon, probably because they don't exist. At least not as far as we've been able to determine. Hmm. Well, in order to 
get you in the right mindset. Are you familiar with the Voth at all? Uh, Voth. Um, I seem to read a, have read a small dissertation by the Chakotay, I believe his name was. Some sort of Saurian reptilian people that were encountered in the Delta Quadrant? That's more or less correct. Uh, the Voth were a, I believe the human term is a dinosaur descendant uh, that once left Earth many millions of years ago. Uh, but uh, before I get perhaps a little bit ahead of myself, uh, I'm not suggesting that dragons were sort of a proto-life form on so many planets. But what if I were to tell you that they may have been a nomadic species? Uh, so you are interested, so potentially a nomadic alien species? She nods. I mean, I've heard of stranger things that have turned out to be true. And despite your penchant for tall tales, they've rarely turned out to be false. She does smile at that, and uh, she replies, Well, I think you'll find that most of what I say is true. It's just a matter, it's just a matter of perspective. And there's that perspective word again. Yes, perhaps I should cut to the chase. And uh, she does lean forward a little bit and says... What if I were to offer you the opportunity for you and, shall we say, up to six members of your crew? What if I were to give you the opportunity to study these spe this species firsthand? I would raise an eyebrow and go, My first inclination would be to jump at the chance. Boredom, as boredom has set in and any sort of excitement would be, well, one something of interest. However, the obvious question is, why? Why are you interested in offering us such things? Well, I cite the uh, test, and she does air quotes, of Q. And by that she means Delancey Q. Uh, that uh, Q performed on humanity many a times. I figured I'd run one of my own. Oh, boy. Well... I suppose I could just say no, but I have a feeling that we're going to do it anyway, so I may as well enter it on my terms. Hmm. You're learning. I like it. Well, let me lay, lay down the ground rules of this test, then. I will give you and your little away team uh, approximately one to two hours to study this species as best you can. However, there are some stipulations. And uh, she holds up three fingers. The first thing is that if any member of this species discovers the away team's presence or figures out that you're there, uh, you will all be transported back to the Ophion immediately. Second, if any attempt is made to steal or impart technology, same deal. Third, any member that falls unconscious or is otherwise severely injured will be transported back to the Ophion before any permanent harm is done. Well, that sounds more fair than the rules that that Q gave Picard. 
I like to think I'm a little less magnanimous than that Q. I'm sorry, what were the second, the last two conditions? Uh, so the second one was uh, if you make an attempt to steal or impart technology, basically give or take. And uh, if any member of the away team falls unconscious or is otherwise severely injured, then uh, they come back as well before, you know, permanent harm sets in. Okay. Very well. I accept your terms. Hmm. Lovely. I thought you might. Uh, why don't you assemble your away team and uh, bring them here? I'll be waiting. Very well. And I'll just stand up and head out of my ready room. Okay. So I'll put us temporarily back on the bridge. Commander? Um... We, as I just, we've been visited by Madam Q again. Let's assemble in the conference room, please. She has an interesting game for us to play. Game, Captain? I, I believe, I, I prefer to think of it as a game. And, well, she prefers to think of it as a game. I prefer to think of it as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to observe a particularly rare Xenos culture. Captain, we are currently being escorted out fully in space by a dreadnought. Do you really think that she'll take no for an answer? I guess not. However, you're rolling over on your belly to show your belly for her. is not... The image I think we should be projecting. And if I... Uh, what? You prefer I soliloquy her to death? I would advise you on this as best I can, Captain. But th these are your choices as commander, to, uh, commanding officer to make. Uh, if we shall end have to play her game, then we will play it. Uh, we ha can't do much against her. No. No, we can't. And if we can do this with minimal impact to the Ophion's overall uh, uh, course and speed, then I believe all the all the best. I'm willing to bet the Tholians don't even know she's here. Uh, I, I shall uh, call the senior staff to the conference room, Captain. Thank you. And we cut to the conference room. And I have to play a little bit of tokens here. Um... For sake of argument, we'll say uh, Mirthrin is currently involved with uh, some form of maintenance, so Mirthrin cannot join you at the moment. Um, Matic will be here just in case, because uh, he is supposed to be around this time showing up, so we'll say he is here. Uh, just a little bit mute. Uh, Shatsu, of course, comes along as Chief of Security. Uh, Beckett, you'd come along unless you don't want to. Um, well, if if it's a senior command staff meeting, then well, I I kind of don't have a choice. Well, you, you always have a choice, you know. But, you uh, could say no. We'll see where that gets you. <laughs> um, and we'll say uh, also for sake of argument, we'll say that uh, Lieutenant Locke uh, does stay on the bridge, um, simply because you know he would be the ranking officer yeah. with all of you uh, in the conference room. I figured that both Mirthrin and Locke are busy figuring out this whole quantum slipstream diagram that they were 
that they absconded with from last session. That's actually probably a, uh, a good thing to put them on. So let's say they're doing that. Also, Green is not there. Let me get rid of her token. There we go. All right. So uh, yeah, you all we, kind of... We definitely uh, would not want her around for this. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you uh, you all kind of assemble in the conference room. And yeah, it's your meeting. I'll let you run it. All right. Well, I'm sure that we have a lot of um, work to be doing right now, as Skull leans back and says in a slightly cynical uh, matter. However, um, Madam Q has just decided to drop in and has given us an interesting way to relieve some of the tedium that many of us are probably feeling at this point of time. And I will go, and I'll quickly give a rundown of dragons and them being apparently a nomadic race and us being given the opportunity to go and observe them in their natural environment. It is my understanding, Captain, that normal shipboard activity should not be tedious to a Starfleet officer. They would be doing this regardless of our current situation. Uh, spoken like a true first officer, and I fully agree with you. However, it does... Those of us who are not so uh, logic-bound to routine, does it does chafe every once in a while. How unfortunate. Yes. Yes, it is. She has... Um, on, on the subject of uh, Madam Q, she's um, given us six. Ma'am, she's given uh, uh, ah, she's offered the opportunity to six of us to go and investigate these dragons, while promising minimal harm to us, and just tr transporting us back home. The promise of a Q, uh, I think, would be very uh, ephemeral. <laughs> I would normally agree with you, Mr. Panek. However, Madam Q, while she does view us as playthings, well, she at least treats her playthings well. And, to be fair, she has led us into the... or she's given us uh, unique insight into the history of the Andromeda Galaxy. So Shatsu does kind of speak up and say, uh, Sir, uh, would you care to take security with you on this mission? I believe it is definitely prudent. Um, she did mention that if the dra these dragons became aware of our presence, they would that we would be blipped back to the Ophion. However, she did neglect to mention any other species that we might encounter. Understood, sir. Uh, another thought that has just occurred to me. Uh, should we perhaps call up uh, Senior Chief Hylong? She is from a draconic-type race. I'll just look at mm, Panek and Matic. And... That does sound like a very useful person to have on board, on this team. Uh, Scald a high long. Please report to the conference room. On my way, sir. Will you be requiring my presence, Captain, or will you will you need me to stay and uh, command the ship? I believe it best if at least one of a, either myself or you may stay back to 
keep up appearances with our Tholian guest and escort. So I they believe are they are indeed our current priority. And admittedly, this is a flight of fancy. And honestly, I really do want to see a dragon. Well, very well. I will stay behind, uh, Captain. I look forward to your uh, your scientific logs. Uh, Mr. Beckett, um, this is going to be an entirely voluntary uh, mission. If you wish to stay behind and monitor crew health and well-being, you're more than welcome to. Um, I think I would be remiss to every professor I ever had of xenobiology to miss a chance to see an actual dragon and, you know, person. Though, if they're anything like... Uh, this information that I've read about a species the um, the Voyager crew found, uh, it'll be pretty interesting. Indeed. It's a unique uh, science, it's a unique scientific endeavor. Uh, Miss Shatsu, would you like to come along? Are you coming along personally, or would you choose to designate a, a crewman? Uh, that is up to you, sir. Uh... I have no problem coming along, but uh, if Gareen were to come onto the bridge, I simply worry that not having myself a tactical would uh, sort of tip her off. And and to be honest, Captain, leaving a ship without its chief of security is kind of risky. And if we are bringing Highlong with us, I believe that between herself and myself, like you will be well taken care of. And it's Very literally well. about them that Highlong walks in and says, who are we taking care of? Uh, you and I are um, finding a nice place on the ship for the captain to stay, and uh, Panek is going to take over. And I just kind of nod with a smirk on my face. Yeah, that's not happening. Highlong is very confused between the three of you. Oh, right. I got that confused. You and I are finding a nice place for Panek to stay, and the captain's going to stay in charge. And then I just kind of sip a cup of coffee. I believe the next place will be on the bridge, Commander, while the rest of us are going to, on a jaunt through time and space. Oh, wonderful. We've already picked a place for him. <laughs> I believe the Commander is uh, feeling quite ill, Captain. He's not making any sense. <sighs> I, I, I just sheepishly shrug. He's not wrong. Back on the subject at hand, gentlemen. <laughs> Very well. Uh, Miss Highlong, you can... Uh, now, I forget Miss Highlong's specialties. What is her... She is science... She's a science person by nature, isn't she? Yep. Yep. Alright. Okay. So, between Highlong's scientific and security expertise... Commander Beckett's uh, xenobiology, medical, and willingness to use a phaser. Maddox, improvisation, and overall intelligence level. And myself, we are very uh, well-equipped to go. Hmm. She did open up for two others. So, um, uh, Panek, are you, oh, are you interested in just playing Highlong for now, or do you have another character you wish to bring along? Uh, Highlong's fine. Okay. Hmm. All right. So just to make sure I've got everyone: uh, Skull, Beckett, Highlong, 
Uh, Matic will sort of stay in the shadows, but will kind of leave it as, as a, a question mark whether or not uh, he comes along, because it is kind mm-hmm. of dependent on him being here. Um, so that would be four. Uh, who else would be coming? Um, I would bring along Zareed for her cultural observing capabilities. Okay. And I am open to a sixth. Um, I would say anybody but um, Xanafia. You mean Xanixia? Yes, okay. that's what I meant. That's oh, totally yeah. what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, inter- totally. Inter- internet garble. Yeah, totally what I said. Gotcha. Um, I feel right. she would be too much, um, as uh, uh, Commander Mirthrin likes to say, she would want to pet the puppies. They <laughs> <laughs> want to pet the dragon. I want to pet the dragon. Um, okay, then in the off chance we will need a pilot, I recommend bringing along uh, Miss Lotus. Okay. I think that's a, a smart choice, Captain. Yeah, just in Indeed. case. <clears throat> Uh, before there's a sh- shift ch- uh, change scene, uh, I'd like to grab a moment with the captain in the conference room as we're walking out. Sure, you can certainly do so. Yes, yes, Commander. I noticed uh, Lieutenant Locke and uh, Lieutenant Commander Merthyr were missing for the meeting. I believe this is because they're continuing their work on the QSD. That's correct. I'm ha- I'm having them put as much of their uh, effort into trying to get this uh, quantum slipstream drive operational without tipping our hand to our Tholian friends. Which is the concern I wish to uh, voice with you, Captain. Uh, Should they prove successful in developing this uh, quantum slipstream drive, the use of which could prove detrimental to relations with the Tholian if we were to just disappear suddenly to their, to their perspective. However, we cannot disclose such technology to them. So we find yeah. ourselves in quite a conundrum. Well, it's... On one hand, it would be delightful if we could just flip, um, send a... Uh, if we could just uh, transport Ad- Ambassador Green back to her ship flick a switch and be gone uh, while leaving a lovely thank you present of flowers and chocolates for our Tholian friends. I suspect that is not going to happen. And as much as I I would very much like to have this operational or at least ready to be tested before tipping our hands to the Tholians. After all, from their point of view, this is technology that we have acquired from them from the future. Even though we're making heavy use of logs that we found through uh, Voyager's uh, modifications. Uh, Even testing such a device shall prove quite uh, uh, interesting and difficult with them monitoring us constantly. But uh, I will try to uh, come up with a method of uh, hiding such things from them, Captain. That would be appreciated, my friend. Uh, also, of note, I believe chocolates are not edible by Phobians, Captain. Oh. <laughs> I thought... Oh, sorry, I was thinking dogs. Um, right, chocolates aren't edible by most creatures with four legs, come to think of it. 
Maybe some nice gemstones? I wonder... Do we even know what Tholians eat? How long has Ambassador Green been on this vessel? Have we even seen her eat? Um, so the canon answer, from what I was able to find, is they literally take in nutrients from the atmosphere. Hmm. Ah, so rocks that photosynthesize. That's Star Trek for you. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we can leave some very tasty oxygen for them or something. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Indeed, Captain. And then I'll you know, hold my hand out for him to leave first. I'll nod in thanks and step on out. All right. So, uh, again, just to be extra sure, uh, that is the away team you're taking, yes? I believe that. Let's see. Skull, Beckett, Hylong, Maddox, Reed, and Lotus. That sounds accurate. Okay. So, uh, my next question for you is what sort of equipment are you going to be taking with you? Uh... Some sort of advanced scanning rig would be nice. Um, maybe even a phaser rifle just in case. Uh, survival gear. Phaser rifle means we escalate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phaser rifle does mean escalation. Um, how many of those... Uh, I'm guessing we don't have the observation suits that cloak on this ship? Um, no, you do not. Mostly because I don't think they're statted, and I didn't think you'd go that angle. Um, That's all right. Um, we'll just say that there we don't have any. Yeah. Move on with that. Okay. Um, I found it very interesting that Starfleet doesn't allow the use of cloaked vessels, but cloaked star cloaked uh, facilities and cloaked personnel are perfectly okay. But that's a something for another matter, another day. <laughs> um, some sort of makeshift survival tent or like this is the 24th or yeah 23rd century we have to have like the uh, most awesome survival tents po- out there right conceivably yeah yeah I think at least one one survival tent with a few days worth of rations would be a a good idea. No, also, I. I think the observation post from uh, that mo- the, I think it's generations. It's not cloaked. It's just a hologram. That's right, hollow, hollow blind. Hmm. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, equipment for a four-day camping trip, I guess. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming that does include tricorders for everyone. Naturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beckett will take along a medical kit, including a medical tricorder. And that's free. Um. Is there any kind of beefed up science tricorder high long today? That's what I'm looking at now. Um. No, it just sort of seems to roll in all tricorders. Here we go. The science tricorder had a multi-discipline database and a built-in subspace link. That could connect to nearby Starfleet vessels for main computer access when needed. Uh, by 24th century, tricorders were unified into a single design as data storage and sensors design was further minimized, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, it seems that thanks to the lovely advance of technology, um, 
like the only difference uh, between a medical tricorder and a regular tricorder is that the medical one uh, has some more, uh, well, medicine-focused scanning and database on it, but otherwise a normal tricorder will uh, cover pretty much everything you might need. Okay, go. Um, so the camping equipment I'm not going to have you pay for. Um... Let's see if there's anything in the rule book that I think you might want. Um, would you take a holographic imager? Uh, what's the range on, or what's this range on such a thing? Um, Is it a can it be used as a portable duck blind? Well, the the holographic imager is basically the 24th century equivalent of a photographic camera. Ah, ah, then yes. Okay, uh, that would be a momentum cost. All right, then I'll spend it. Okay. Uh, let's see, uh, what else would you want? Yeah, they're actually pretty light on equipment in here. Unless you guys want, you know, an anti-grav sled or a... Some medical equipment that isn't in the tri area in the medical kit, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, medical stuff, I'll leave up to Beckett. Well, I was going to ask about that if we wanted to bring a medical kit because I thought it was a um, uh, a threat generator if we brought it. Uh, actually, it's it's very similar to the engineering kit in that engineers can take it no problem, and you as CMO can take a medical one no problem. Oh, sweet! So between me and Matic, we can take well. I don't think we really need the engineering one. Probably not. Okay. Okay. And yeah, if if I can definitely take it, uh, the medical kit without causing threat, then yeah, I'll, I'm going to take one. Noted. All right. So, uh, you all assemble the away team and uh, with all of your equipment. And sure enough, uh, when uh, Skull, when you walk with the away team back into your uh, ready room, you see that uh, Madame Q pretty much hasn't left. She's still just sort of sitting there. And uh, as you all walk in, she says, My, aren't we prepared today? Uh, and uh, she does sort of stand and say, Is this everyone then? Yes, we are ready. Yeah, very well. Have fun. And she snaps her fingers and there is a blinding light. And uh, I will put you on this map. Uh, so to uh, kind of describe what you're seeing, uh, mostly for the benefit of uh, anyone who's listening and may not uh, see the screen. Um, so as your vision returns, you see that you are in the middle of a very sleek and clean city. Uh, the architecture is full of these grand sweeping curves, gentle lines, and uh, all manner of holographic displays that are very pleasing to the eye. Um this seems to be a city that is more in tune with nature. And by that, I mean, um, they seem to have built around it rather than, say, the uh, Zavoisie method of literally just building a mega city as big and as complicated as possible. Uh, in fact, you see and here in the distance, you see these grand waterfalls um, that seem to sort of segment the city into certain parts. Um it's probably about this time that 
you notice the creatures around you. And it's confusing at first, but then you kind of look down at yourselves and it hits you. Uh, Lady Q has done something, and by that I mean every single member of the away team has been transformed into a dragon. Um, can I ask one question, because I'd walked away when we started with what gear we were bringing. Uh-huh. Are we, are we assuming that we're bringing EVA suits? Uh, I don't think EV suits were discussed. I... Kind of a new point now. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's why I asked if it was being assumed that we had brought them anyways. Ah, uh, no. Mm-hmm. No. No, I'm... I decided not to mention it because I had a... Whatever Lady Q's game was, she would have at least made sure that we would survive the initial act of it, at least. Well, true. Like, there's no way to actually test us if we can't survive. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Can humans... Is like, there... Yeah. Can it's pretty much a scientifically proven fact that humanoids require a level of oxygen nitrogen to live and temperature middling between zero and uh, 80 degrees um, Fahrenheit. So any Q that isn't that smart doesn't deserve to be a tester. Is there equipment compatible with these forms? So uh, that was the next thing I was going to mention. So as a uh as you maybe deal with the shock of, uh, you know, not being yourselves, um, you do realize that uh, your equipment um, has been conveniently all put into what would be a dragon-sized backpack. Hmm. Um, I'm just going to look around and go, well, this is kind of awkward. I don't know. This is kind of... uh good feeling for me um beckett doesn't even say a word he just whips out his tricorder and starts scanning all three of us immediately mm-hmm. um and then um okay i'm gonna quote a really old quote from 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 earth and just gonna say this is freaking cool and he's just scanning away at everything about the the uh the awaiting okay. are we able to understand the languages being uh, displayed around us? Uh, yes. In fact, uh, when you look at any holographic displays or uh, if you catch wind of any conversation, um, so I need to back up a small bit. So you are, right now, you guys are kind of in the uh, middle of a very quiet and a very spacious back alley. So no one seems to have noticed you yet, uh, but you do kind of looking out towards the main streets uh, see other dragons going about their business. And uh, basically the dragons you're seeing, they run the gambit. Um, they're all different colors. They're all different uh, designs. Um, they don't really seem to share a common feature other than, you know, two wings, two legs, two arms, whatever you want to imagine the, ar- the front arms being, whether they're like actual feet or if they're like... Um, you know, ambidextrous sort of uh, limbs that they can use. Um, the tail, uh, some horns, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, returning to, to, to the point, uh, the conversations you are picking up from outside the alleyway, uh, they do appear to be in Earth English, to you anyway. <clears throat> ah, the... 
I'm just going to look quickly at make sure that all six of us are here and in dragon form. Mm-hmm. This is not quite what I expected, but I can make this work. Um, do I instinctively know who the other dragons are, or is that something where we basically have to do introductions? I think you have to do introductions here. Okay. So I'm okay. I'm going to use my one of my winged claw. Go, Skull. Uh, I'll, I'll look at him for a second and then pick up on it. Go, uh, Chief Hylong. Um, with tricorder out. Beckett goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Beckett, and he just keeps scanning everything around him. I'm going to um, scan the material composition of the buildings, and then I'm going to say, uh, uh, while well, we seem to be um, conveniently placed for the moment, uh, I think we should be careful of our observations and uh, surveying out in the open. Uh, nothing will draw attention more than a couple of wide-eyed dragons who look like they're out of place. Um, speaking of wide-eyed dragons, I imagine Zareed to be a, an elongated Chinese style. Mm-hmm. And she's just running around going, this is awesome! Holy cool! This is amazing. Okay, cool, calm. I understand. This is awesome. Can I breathe fire? <gasps> so she goes ah. to breathe fire and uh, nothing happens. I can't breathe fire, but I'm still a freaking cool dragon. So, wait, we can't breathe fire? This is some bullshit. <laughs> um, I'm just going, Skull's going to try to breathe something and see if there's anything that comes away from everyone else, of course. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, um, Captain, 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 Captain. I have an idea, and I need your help. Okay. I, I take uh, out of the backpack that the medical supplies are in, I take out that holographic imager and I hand it to him, point it at me. Okay. Okay. And, uh... I'm gonna, like, make, like, a fake roar, like a, uh, uh, you know, like I'm growling or roaring at him, looking all mean and everything. Mm-hmm. Take the picture! Take the picture! And I do it again. Uh, naturally, I'll take several. I long Wonderful. Face yes, I long Wonder- definitely facepalm at that. I'm totally going to have that be a holographic image over Pinek's bed when he goes to bed tonight. <laughs> Commander, I think you are um, lax ad- adhesion to the guidelines of medical access to officers' quarters needs to be discussed, but at a later time. Um, I'm going to look at the rest of the cr- the rest of the dragons. Um, <clears throat> if everyone is more or less adjusted to their forms, let's go out and mingle. And I would suggest not referring to us in... uh, Let's not refer to us as ranked. Um, I will, like, sullenly just kind of, like, put the holographic imager back in my backpack and mutter something about, yeah, well, he got into my my quarters with a a Klingon EMH, so, you know, we're going to be even. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that because that raises serious questions about my choice to raise him to first office to commander. <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> all right. So uh, uh, you guys leave the quote-unquote safety of the back alley, and uh, now that you're looking around, you see that the main road 
uh, or pretty much all the roads, really. Uh, well, going even further, pretty much the whole place has been designed uh, with a draconic uh, size in mind. Um, that means that the thoroughfares are very wide. Um, the buildings are not like squished together like you would find in New York. They're very sparse so that there's room to kind of fly around them. Um, and again, uh, you, for the moment, don't really stick out. Um, you know, you are seeing other dragons with, uh, you know, backpacks or uh, science equipment or, you know, really, you know, standard day-to-day -day type, um, you know, accoutrements, I guess would be the word. Um, and yeah, unless you literally run up to someone and go, hey, hey, I'm a dragon, isn't that cool? Uh, no one really seems to be paying you any mind at the moment. Okay. Well, I'm going to crane my long, scaly neck around and just quietly say, well, we are... Well, scales or not, we're still Starfleet officers. We're here to explore. Um... Let's explore and be back here in, I would say, 10 hours? Maybe even five. Let's make What's five hours. What's the current time of day? Uh, so you look up and you would see that the sun is uh, probably about, not quite overhead, but a little bit uh, closer to the horizon, maybe. Um... And any quote-unquote clocks that you look at, um, the number system, are, you know, it, it says something along the lines of like 1020, but you have no idea what their time might be. So that 1020 could be many things. I'm going to make it a point to... Uh, fix my mic here to uh, take a reading of the sun in its position every five standard uh, minutes. Okay. Just to track its progress and then extrapolate from a couple of those its, uh, its orbit or, or, or its, it, the period it would take to, to uh, circumnavigate. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. Um, oh, go ahead. Quick question. Out of curiosity... Because this might affect role-playing. Uh, do mm. I still sense the Skull Symbiote's presence? You do, strangely enough. Good. Works for me. Right. I mean, the skull, the skull Symbiote is freaking the hell out, but he's still there. <laughs> yes, this, uh, the Skull Symbiote has turned into that thing that makes fire. It has never been happier. That's a great mental image. Just a symbiote <laughs> just breathing fire. It's great. Uh, oh, dear. All right. So uh, you guys, if I understand correctly, are now going to split the party for a period of about five hours. Yeah. That's pretty much what I'm thinking about doing. It would be easier to gather data um, in, uh, in this instance as single entities rather than a group of large dragons that are currently just huddling around each other. Okay. Alright, uh, then we will uh, sort of go down the line then. Um, so, Skull... Did you start where... with me? Oops. Oh yeah, we gotta start with you. Um, so, where would uh, where would Hylong go first, do you think? Um, 
I think she'd be interested in in uh, observing what their technology is like, and you know, what, what stage it's at, as well as uh, any kind of uh, you know what what kind of composition their materials are built out of, things like that. Okay. I figure um, Beckett's going to be fo focusing more on the biological. How do I want to say this? So if Highlong. Let me ask this question. Would this be purely visual, or would Highlong try to kind of sneak away and use her tricorder from time to time? She would try to sneak away and use her tricorder, as well as um, maybe attempt to get her hands on a piece of technology. Just something small that she could secret away and take into an alley to scan. Okay. Um, let us have Highlong do a reason and science uh, difficulty two. Hey, that's what you need. Uh, so what you find is that the prevalent uh, building material seems to be a mixture of uh, rockcrete and plasteel, um, meaning that it is basically a very strong, dense material, uh, but also that it quote-unquote sort of breathes. Um, so it makes uh, the buildings not have uh, a huge thermal signature, if that makes any sense. Um, but, uh, it's probably also the, the, you know, strength of the materials also probably how some of these buildings are really tall and, uh, more specifically. So this, this big building, uh, in the middle that you're seeing, um, is what seems to be the base of a massive orbital elevator. Um, and you do see every once in a while, a, uh, a, a quote unquote car, uh, going up and down uh, the elevator. Um, trying to think what else that role would give you. Um, as far as the level of technology goes, um, they, you know, basically what you're seeing so far is that uh, the this civilization seems to have at least perfected uh, replicator technology uh, in that uh, what you're seeing is uh, so normally replicators kind of leave a, a certain signature or uh, some form of uh, quote-unquote uh, discrepancy, or at least that's how I always imagined them. Um, the matter here does not seem to be replicated. Like, this is either the real thing or they have replicated the real thing, if that makes any sense. Kind of, I think. I think a replicator would be like an almost, like like the like the molecular structure is almost too perfect mm -hmm. because you're putting it together. And whereas a natural formatting, you know, there'd be inconsistencies or you know nuances. Sort of a sort of a randomness then that makes it more natural. Yeah. All right. Um, as for, like, a specific piece of technology, I would say probably not. Um, simply because unless you, like, go into a store or walk up to a vendor, um, just grabbing a piece of technology is going to be a little bit difficult. I'll walk into a store. Okay. Uh, what sort of store would you try to find? Uh, something with the electronics or... You know, a tech store or, or something lots of people seem to be going into. 
Okay, so you basically find the equivalent of uh, a dragon Best Buy. And uh, inside appears to be uh, all manner of uh, technological wonders. Um, probably ones that would stick out to you are what appear to be uh, sort of a, a draconic uh, styled pad. Um, which, uh, you know, seems to be a favored sort of uh, purchase that you're seeing. Um, you're also picking up uh, that there is some form of... Uh, I guess you would call them batteries, but they're backpack-sized. Um, they, the dragons walking in kind of bring in these these uh, battery packs. Uh, they go to a segment on the wall, plug it in, uh, wait about you know a minute to two minutes, and then uh, there's an exchange of uh, currency, and uh, they walk back out with their what you're assuming are charged packs. I'm going to try to get a scan of them. Okay. Uh, give me another reason, science, and difficulty, too. Very good. So it is, uh, sure enough, it, it is a uh, sort of a supplemental energy reserve uh, that is, you know, people are carrying around. And uh, I would say it would be Long's best guess is that uh, they're not rationing power, but that these energy packs are probably what powers uh, the vehicles, the very few vehicles that you see outside. And sure enough, if you were to watch someone with one of these packs long enough, uh, you would see one of them go up to uh, what would be a dra uh, draconic-sized uh, sort of vehicle. Uh, it kind of looks like a, a manta ray. Um, and, uh, sort of like a skimmer, uh, or maybe even like a, uh, a dark Eldar, uh, Helion board that they ride. Um, but you see them, you know, put in the pack and then, you know, more or less fly away on it. All right. Um, I think that's going to be it for me. I got to run. All righty. Uh, which between Beckett and Skull, which one of you would like to go next? Beckett can go. All right, Beckett, what are you focusing on? Uh, I'm going to try to take uh, as many sneaky scans as I can, even to the point of having the tricorder on <laughs> and, like, in a pocket and just mm -hmm. scanning all the life forms that it can. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll me a... Let's just do a reason medicine. Same uh, same difficulty, difficulty two. Okay. Medicine. Um, would xenobiology be applicable? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, would you look at that? Uh, so, um, is there anything in particular you want to know about, uh, this species? Um, well, I mean, the, the easy cop-out answer is everything, but, <laughs> um, uh, like their, their, um, chemical makeup, um, uh, whereas we're more carbon-based life forms, if that's what they are, 
Mm-hmm. Um, if um, uh, if I get any kind of like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like protein similarities to humans um, to coincide with what uh, uh, Q had said. Um, and just basically to see if there is any difference between different colors. Okay. Um, the answer I'll give you is that the, the species that you're kind of in the middle of does not seem to be uh, related to humans. Uh, however, uh, it does appear that they share a common ancestor to the Serato Draco, which is Hylong's species. Okay, so they are Alpha Quadrant based, sort of, maybe? Possibly. Um, then I'll, um, like, uh, when I can, like, sneakily do it, like, cross-reference um, what I'm finding from them with uh, Hylong species or any other um, reptilian species. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe even... Um, if I have access to it on my tricorder, the the Voth, um, uh, seeing as how the Voth are descendants of like uh, Terran dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and just like start going with that train of thought, I I am being as stealthy as I can, but I'm also not being as perceptive as I could to the world around me. I got gotcha. you. Um, and don't worry, I, I, uh, I am rolling in person, because uh, I don't want to give it away to the viewers. Uh, I am rolling in person for your quote-unquote stealth rolls. Um, so what I'll say is uh, your hunch uh, that there is sort of a similarity uh, in the situation between the Voth and humans. It is very similar to whatever this species is named and the Serato Draco. In that, uh, basically, there was sort of a divergent evolution that went two paths. Okay. Um, after getting kind of, like, solving that kind of train of thought, um, mm-hmm. then I'll put the tricorder away and I'll just uh, walk around the city and just listen to, like, the social interactions um, uh, and, and, like, try to see if there's any kind of social hierarchy. Okay, uh, let's do a, how about an insight plus con? Yeah, let's do an insight con. Uh, difficulty's only a one. Uh, 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 uh. Um, would xenobiology be a applicable focus or no? Um, I would say xenoanthropology would, but xenobiology is okay. not going to help you like pick up random factoids. Okay. All right, so you get a momentum. Uh, you're crap. going to get three pieces of information, uh, which are probably of, of uh, interest to you. Uh, the first is that uh, in the, uh, the big tower that you're seeing, I mean, you would pretty much see it from anywhere in the city. Um, mm-hmm. There are... Uh, Supposedly, the the tower is not only the space elevator, but it is also home to uh, Chancellor Tindath, T-I-N-D-A-T-H. 
And uh, from what you're gathering, uh, Chancellor Tindath is the head of the government of the planet, uh, not just the city. Um, You're also picking up that sort of in this area over here uh, to the east um, is where they have uh, all sort of uh, hospitals, uh, medical research facilities, uh, science research facilities, things of that nature. And uh, one particular name that you pick up is uh, Dr. Ioma, uh, E-O-M-A. You don't really know what Ioma's focus is, uh, whether, you know, they're a science doctor or like a medical doctor. Um, But that is the name you pick up. And then finally, uh, this building over here um, to the left of the, uh, the big tower um, is, uh, a grand library, and, you know, it doesn't take you all that much to figure out that, uh, a grand library probably is going to have a metric fuck ton of, uh, of information for you to find. Uh, as soon as I hear that part, though I'm intrigued by the other doctor, uh, I'm definitely going to the library. Okay. And, uh, when I get to the library, I'm going to look up uh, what I want to look up is uh, obviously history, mm-hmm. um, but also um, uh, to go with my earlier thought process of uh, major differences between the different color dragons. Because I'm I'm guessing by the fact that all of us the away team was all different color and styles of dragons mm-hmm. that I'm I'm looking at that kind of skittles bag in front of me of different colors and styles. I gotcha. All right. Um, my question is: Would you do this trip to the library during your five hours, or would you wait so that other members of the away team could come with you? Um, I will go on my own, okay. um, with the idea that if I find something, if finding the library, going through looking what I'm looking for, then once we get back together, if um, the captain has another idea of looking something up, this library would probably good place that the six of us could find you know one little piece of information easier than just one person gotcha all right um in that case roll me a uh we'll do a reason plus medicine since you're you're kind of looking at medical records uh difficulty here will be a two okay and uh the aforementioned focus yes or no uh yes i'll allow it Okay, or uh, I was going to say, or um, if not, I also have computers. I don't know if I'm actually looking at books or if it's computer banks. Oh, sorry, I completely forgot that tidbit. So, you know, as you could probably guess, looking at the big old library, uh, it sort of has these grand sweeping overlooks of the waterfalls in the city, and they have both physical and digital books available for perusal. Okay. Basically, imagine uh, the uh, the archives from Star Wars, except uh, much bigger and spacious. Okay. Well, yeah, they've got to be because they've got to have flying dragons going through them. Mm-hmm. Nice. Hey, look at that. So uh, I'm going to give you a few tidbits. And remember, you can spend momentum to ask more questions. Uh, the first thing you pick up is that the species, the dragon species name is the Gozin, G-O-Z-I-N. And uh, sure enough, uh, you confirm the fact that uh, the Gozin did used to be in the Alpha Quadrant, 
And, uh, how can I say this? Yes, I can say this. Um, you're no, like, scientist by that. I mean, like, astrophysics is not your uh, forte. Um, but it is, you know, fairly easy even for you to just sort of cross-reference, uh, where you are currently with, uh, where the, uh, Serato Draco started. Uh, if what you're finding is true... Um, they are, or you are, currently on the fringe of the Milky Way, um, yet still in the Alpha Quadrant. So you are way out towards open space. Okay. Um, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of light years, correct? Yeah, we're, if I did it right, uh, it's basically about 50 years of maximum warp travel away. Oh, right. Where's our nearest wormhole? Um, <laughs> okay. Um, uh, trying to think of what else um, I could ask. Because um, I've gotten us a couple of momentum here. Um, um, I will... Okay. Then I'll ask this, um, looking through the books and the the, um, the history logs and everything, um, mm -hmm. was there any one or, or or any major, I should say, reason why uh, the species has chosen to move or um, leave closer to the Alpha Quadrant? Um, because Q saying they're nomadic and then looking at this city and seeing how much it took to build this city, probably... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they're as nomadic as they once were. It's a fair assumption. Um, because you asked the question, I will give you a partial answer. Uh, however, if you want to go for the full answer, uh, I'm going to say this is probably going to be a reason science. Uh, uh, difficulty three. Or maybe okay. even in like a uh, in insight science. Either would apply here in my mind. Okay, um, I'll uh, I'll take that role. Uh, I'll do insight science. Okay. Spending any momentum for uh, extra die? Um. Yeah, I'll I'll dump the last momentum to, for this. Okay. Um, because I know I don't have um, an applicable focus. Um. Okay. All right, so, again, I'm going to give you some information, but you're not going to get the full thing. Okay. Um, so what you are seeing is that uh, the Gozen do seem to have explored, actually, most of the Milky Way. Like, you're picking up uh, grand star charts uh, from millennia ago. Uh, however, there is one particular event, or two particular events, I should say, that stick out to you. Uh, the first is the encounter with the Dominion, and the second is the encounter with the Borg. Uh, both of these encounters happen roughly at the same time, and after that moment in time, uh, the Gozen seem to have retreated to this fringe of the galaxy uh, type of situation. Um, okay, so... And and how long ago was that encounter? 
Uh, if I have my dates uh, correct, this would be approximately 5,000 years ago. All right, so my, my, my head just snapped back. So looking at this information, the Dominion and the Borg were in the Alpha Quadrant five uh five uh, thousand years ago um no they encountered them in their respective places so uh the dominion in the gamma quadrant the borg in the delta oh got it okay um i i wrote down when you said they've explored most of and i i think we had said alpha quadrant so i wrote down alpha quadrant not milky way yeah they they did um, the whole milky way okay um so and they almost encountered them at the same time in huh does it say where they in if it was in well no i'm leading myself off on tangents um because <laughs> the dominions from the gamma quadrant Correct. the borg is technically the delta quadrant ish mm -hmm. and they encountered them at the same time It's a bit of a mystery. Could also just be pure happenstance. Um, okay. Then I have one more thing I want to look after look up after getting that little tidbit of information. Um right. how big of a civilization slash empire slash whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. um are the Gozen? As um... in if if by that other piece of information they were in two separate quadrants of the galaxy at the same time, uh, how big are they? Like, uh, you know, did they have military missions or search missions going both directions? Um, are they dumb like the Federation and just spread themselves really, really thin in every direction, or, or what? I would say, uh, and I'm going to give this to you free, um... I would say looking at it, again, you're not the uh, most knowledgeable when it comes to astrophysics and stellar cartography, um, but they seem to have, quote-unquote, carved out, uh, or at least laid claim to, about an area of space uh, similar in size to the Tholians on the edge of the galaxy. Okay. Um, and one last question, if I can find it in... Uh, the this grand library mm -hmm. how uh xenophobic or um bottled up on themselves are they do they have trade partners do they communicate with other species that are around um type type thing i would say the feeling you're getting is isolationism rather than xenophobia that was the word i was looking for when i said xenophobia um okay Okay. Um, then that's me, and I will spend probably the five hours doing all that research that I just did. All right. All right. So, Captain, what are you doing during this five-hour time? Um, well, I I have implicit trust that the rest of the team is going to do the science-y stuff. Um, I'm going to find a museum. Okay. There are several, in fact. Uh, it's kind of like the Smithsonian, where they, they're sort of segmented into uh, various types. Uh, so what sort of uh, museum would you go into first? Artistic, I believe. Okay. Uh, so imagine they're equivalent of a draconic Louvre. Uh, Louvre. 
Well, however you actually say it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard for me to really describe art from a different species, but if you imagine uh, some sort of, how do I want to say this? Similar to how humans, how that we have so many different styles of famous artists, you kind of see the same things here, where uh, the styles are varied. Um, it's not just, say, watercolors or uh, acrylics. Uh, you see, even in this library, or this, not this library, this museum, uh, you're seeing uh, hollow displays, you're seeing sculptures. Um, basically, it runs the full gambit of what art of a culture could be. Hmm. I do find that Silverwing, the dr- the silver, ah, I do find Silverwing's artistic style changed during the second trimester of his life. <laughs> Up until this point, it seemed that he had a develop that he was a very realistic individual, but after that, he's something seemed to happen, and he took a more abstract point of view, perhaps indication of a change of mental attitude towards life, or maybe he even had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll poke around here for an hour or so. Okay. And after that, I will be interested in taking in draconic um, musical arts, if they have such a thing. Okay. Um, see if they have an off-off Broadway production of something. <laughs> uh, so the one tip that I'll give you before you leave the uh, the art museum is uh, you are seeing, uh, at least in one section of the museum, um, you are seeing all sorts of, uh, well, art uh, that depicts other cultures. So you see, uh, strangely enough, you do see one that seems to represent humans. Uh, You do see one that represents uh, the Cardassians. Uh, You see one that represents... uh, What's their species name? Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, not the Bolians, the other blue ones. What Andorians? Yes, the Andorians. Thank you. Uh, you do see the Andorians. Um, basically, you're seeing a, a good smattering of Alpha and Beta Quadrant uh, species, but you also see the occasional uh, Gamma and Delta as well. And are these artworks done in a... Um, in a way that denotes those in reality, or is it more of an abstract thing? Um, do and are they sort of looked upon as one of us might look on, say, a painting of a chimpanzee and go, "Well, that's an animal," or is it done like, "Well, there's a ah. basically is it art that is trying to depict uh, just how a thing is, mm-hmm. or?" Is it depicting that this is not that these um, are? Ah, I know what you're asking. The, I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I would say that a majority are as things are. They're not meant to be like symbolic of the goes in ruling over anything. Um, okay. It almost kind of looks like these are all sort of uh, first contact uh, type uh, bits of art. Um, however, there are a few that uh, do seem to depict the Gozen as being uh, quote-unquote superior to whatever other species are contained within the uh, the bit of art. 
Now, if I was 15 feet tall and had a wingspan of of a school bus, then I would probably view myself as superior too. Yeah. I'll just uh, make a little thoughtful frown with with my fangs and uh, trundle off to find a music show of some sort. Okay. Um, So it seems that street musicians are kind of a uh, culture agnostic type things. Uh, You wander into... Oh, I forget the name of the street, but basically the one street in Louis- Louisiana that uh, oh. I think in, yeah, in New Orleans. Um, Bourbon Street. Thank you. Um, you wandered into the equivalent of that. Uh, so there's all sorts of street performers, uh, all sorts of music, uh, things of that nature. Well, this will thoroughly entertain me for at least the next three hours. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm taking a look at, not only am I taking a look at the music that these, or whatever street shows that they're doing. I'm also paying attention to how the crowds are reacting. Like, mm-hmm. do they throw do they throw money? Is it encouraged that they give money? Do, do they just stand around and applaud? And how do dragons even applaud? Maybe they just snort in appreciation. So the small interestingly, um, what you find is uh, obviously some dragon types are a bit more articulate than others, so some do clap. Um, others sort of slap their tails against the ground. Hmm. Um, but it does seem to be all in approval rather than, say, uh, annoyance or booing. Right. Um, as oh. for the performances themselves, um, I would say that probably the most grand one that you've seen or will see uh, is a sort of a, a fluorescent green dragon. Um is breathing what appears to be uh, electricity. And they're doing it in such a way that the electricity forms various shapes and uh, various uh, bits of sound. So kind of imagine how a, uh, a Tesla coil will, you know, has a very distinct sound and it arcs the electricity around. It's yep. similar here, except that the dragon seems to have, or the Gozen, I should say, has greater control over the shape, frequency, size, etc. I will nod my head and and slap my tail in great appreciation for his or her, for its uh, talent over the metaphysical. Very good. All right. Uh, uh, and I believe that leaves you one more hour before everybody meets up again. I'm going to go to. I'm going to go and find a bar. <laughs> um so the way i had imagined it is uh it is the bars you find are all kind of like open to the street and they more or less serve uh both food and beverage on these uh grand platters and these almost like bucket sized uh uh containers which i assume fits perfectly around a snout Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Pray to whichever god I decide that the goes and pray to that uh, Q provided me with enough local currency. Uh, reach into whatever I'm wearing for pockets, pull it out something, and I'll just take a look at and I go, I'll have what this guy's having. Okay. Um I probably should have said it sooner, but basically the way I'd imagine it is uh, if any of you have read Temriere, um, 
It I is not, kind of like a uh, a bit of leather strapping uh, and uh, um, sort of a netting that you wear uh, that sort of holds your stuff for you. Okay. I'm used to leather and straps holding other things, but that's all right. <laughs> Phrasing. <coughs> Phrasing. Um, not in this instance. <laughs> uh. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll say you have a very excellent meal. It's uh, If I had to give you an equivalent, uh, it is some form of crab and lobster hybrid. So it's a very rich taste. All right. Um, uh, is it served alive or cooked or raw? Or? However you want it. Interesting. Well, then I'll have it. Uh, I'll have it roast, uh, roasted, please. All right, you you get roasted crab lobster. Mmm, crabster, crabster. <laughs> or uh, larab. Larab is another good larab one. Larab works. Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, the five hours pass, and you all meet back up, kind of where you first entered, and yeah, you can compare notes with one another. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I've I've been immersing myself in local arts and culture. Uh, they have a very rich form of self-expression, and they're um, as diverse in taste as most humanoids. What have you found, Doctor? Or... Oh, I've I've found a lot. Um. So, uh, and I'll kind of point off to the the building where the library was. Uh, I found a grand library. Um, And as such, I decided to pour myself into it and pour through a bunch of information for the better part of five hours. I very much look forward to a uh, thorough debriefing on on what you've learned. Oh, it's it's quite a bit. Um, And... uh, uh, yeah, we, the, there's also some very confusing parts as well. Um, uh, as in, uh, well, let me just put it this way. This species ran into, and the reason they are this far out. Oh, by the way, I also know where we are too. Um, oh, very good. Uh, we're, we're actually still in the alpha quadrant, but we are hundreds of light years on the outside fringe in the Alpha Quadrant. So um, no no chance encounters with Starfleet, eh? Uh, well, not unless Starfleet has, like, uh, 50-something years to send a ship out here. Maybe that's where Voyager will go next. Um... Also, this species has pretty much explored all of the Milky Way galaxy um, and has uh, had run-ins with the Borg and the Dominion at the same time. Well, if I were to encounter both of those species at the same time, I'd retreat to the furthest point away from them and, as and, well. And Beckett kind of emphatically nods. Uh, yeah, that that's... From what I can pick up, that is um, the, uh, the the reason that they came this far out. Uh, hmm. They live a very isolationist society. Um, so even if Starfleet sent envoys out here this far, I don't know how they would be accepted. 
Um, also, um, the amount of space that they take up is, or at least how far their their culture civilization is, is about the same size as the Tholians. Um, so, kind of on par with, you know, major um, uh, alpha quadrant powers. Um, and and I'll kind of nod my head to High Long. Mm-hmm. And looking at doing what I do best and looking at the biology of the species, um, High Long's people are actually descendants of these people. So uh, High Long does kind of give a sort of toothy smile and says, I, uh, I came to the same conclusion, but uh, if I may, uh, I've found some very interesting things of my own. Of course. Well, uh, sort of uh, to piggyback on what uh, the good doctor has said, um, I was able to uh, steal away into the library, uh, kind of, I guess, at a different time because we didn't run into each other. Um, But I found out that uh, the Gozen uh, possess both uh, an advanced version of uh, multi-adaptive shielding and uh, as well as transwarp technology on all of their starships. So they conceivably could be pretty much anywhere in the galaxy uh, under cloak, and we wouldn't know it. Well, at least they seem peaceful out here anyways, but I guess the capital city is always going to be the most peaceful spot in a large empire. Well, uh, I don't know if this really is a testament to either their species or if it just seems to be happenstance. Uh, but this city uh, I found was uh, named Vodis, V-O-D-I-S-S. And uh, very similar to how Earth uh, names uh, very many things after Zephram Cochran, uh, my understanding is that Vodis was a similar figure uh, for the Gozen. Um, but, oh... Uh, Sorry, I, I'm getting a tangent here. And she seems to get a bit more excited, a bit more uh, bright up. And she says, I think the most important tidbit is... And she kind of leans in. Sir, they they have stabilized Omega Particles. I'm sorry. What? What? Wait, wait. Say that again? You're not clear to know, Commander. They have stabilized Omega Particles, sir. I, I do know, but go ahead. <laughs> that, I, I pat the captain on the shoulder. Don't worry. You can yell at me for it later, but go ahead. Okay, we're not allowed to interfere. If something goes screwball with their Omega particles, it's not going to affect the Federation. But <clears throat> that technology is impressive and years beyond what we can harness. We only recently began to even theorize what an Omega Particle can do. Well, uh, if it helps, uh, from what I was able to determine, they basically have made the technology very similar to our own warp drive. They have uh, the means to siphon energy, they have the means to contain uh, any disasters. It, It honestly just seems like they have reached a level of uh, power generation that 
I'm honestly surprised I didn't find anything about Dyson Spheres. <sighs> I can only have one headache at a time, uh, Senior Chief. <sighs> um, oh, I can't miss this opportunity. Uh, Beckett kind of looks at the captain and goes, um, don't you mean two? And I kind of point to his abdomen where the symbiote would be. <laughs> If I, mean, I could breathe fire, if I could breathe fire right now, Commander. I mean, you normally have two headaches. You have myself and Panek. So, I mean, I guess there. I guess cons. I guess headaches are constant wherever I go. That's why they pay you the big bucks. <sighs> I'm so. I have six months back pay when I get back to Federation territory. It's going to be great. <clears throat> uh, Zareed, what did you discover? Uh, oh, I had a wonderful conversation with a group of traders that I found at a nearby uh, eating establishment. I established myself as a traveler from the far expanse of their empire, who has made a journey to the capital city under guise of uh, establishing a trade negotiation for myself and my a small business. And she's more than happy to discuss about that for the next five minutes. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's see. Matic, I'm assuming, is just going to be quiet. Um, mm -hmm. Do I want to know what sort of trouble Lotus has got into? Uh, Lotus uh, seemed to focus on the starship, so she tried to get a feel for uh, what their, uh, you know, their their ships are like. And uh, she reports, uh, uh, interestingly, sir, they seem to use the entire space of the interior of their ships. Uh, very similar to Tholians in that uh, the walls, the ceilings, all of it is used. That's a so. Can we assume then that they travel under zero under zero gravity? Uh, no, my understanding was that they simply had uh, directional gravity plates uh, installed. That's also logical. Uh, yeah. So, I must admit, this has been a very interesting excursion. Um, is there anything else people are interested in learning? Also, I have no idea how we're going to get Q to bring us home. So, so where else? There, there is a flash of light nearby, and uh, Q <clears throat> does appear. And uh, she says, oh, I've been here the whole time. Uh, you have about, uh, and she mocks looking at her wrist. Oh, right. You have about 15 minutes of your time before I take you back. Is she still wearing, um, science and medical blue? Oh, yeah, she looks, uh, as she did in her portrait. Okay. I, uh, after she says that, and I'll be polite and let her finish, I'll just kind of look at her, kind of rub my, my, uh, copper dragon chin and go, you know, that blue just does not look good on you. She looks down, raises an eyebrow, and says, I personally think it matches my wings. Yeah, but... Mm, so, is the other Q your boss? Because he always showed up in red. <laughs> Let's say I'm not as conceited as certain members of the Q continuum. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Well, very well. <clears throat> if we have 15 minutes, I'm going to take the hollow recorder and go out and take some more pictures. 
And if we have 15 minutes left, I'm going to ask the captain what bar he went to, and I'm going to go there to have a drink. <laughs> that sounds like a fantastic idea. I could go use another. Uh, come. Oh, dear. All right. Here to join us, crew. Yeah. So uh, kind of uh, to uh, bookend your stay here on the planet uh, within the city of Votis, uh, you spend the next 15 minutes... Uh, in revelry, you have uh, some drinks, some food, you take some pictures, and right as 15 minutes elapses, uh, there is another flash of light, and all of you have returned to the Ophion. Um, can I ask a, a quick question about... Sure. What, was there any like prevalent smell or uh, like certain types of trees that gave off a scent that we were around? Um, are you familiar with the smell of cherry blossoms? How do I know it was going to be cherry blossoms? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> no, nope, that's what you're smelling. Uh, okay. But yeah, um, I would say, uh, I, you know, you reappear in Skull's ready room. And, uh, you know, you can filter back out to your stations and wherever else as you so wish. But uh, Q is no longer in Skull's ready room. <sighs> Uh, any indication of of how much time has passed? Uh, no, but you could certainly ask the computer. Uh, computer, what is the current time? The time is, and it gives you a uh, time that is two hours after you left. Huh. Not bad. No, Off we can Sorry, you were going to say something? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, not bad. We We got six hours crammed into two hours. Yeah, so I wonder how that's I wonder how that's going to look on your time on our timesheets. Oh, well, I'm I'm like you. I have back pay, you know, racked up. So I'll I'll just use it as part of owed time. Uh, so Highland does kind of cough and says, "Um, sirs, if it's all right, I'd like to take everyone's tricorders and begin uh dumping them into our database. Uh we have a lot of data to go through." By all means, Chief. Um, I will. Uh, I'm actually going to make a copy of what I found and gave it give it to her because mm -hmm. I'm also going to pour over the biology aspects of what I found. But all of the historical things that I found that I recorded, I I will gladly give her a dump of that. Okay. And uh, Zuri does kind of uh, piggyback on with the uh, high long, and the two of them kind of rush off to a science lab to begin chugging the data. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to step back out on the bridge. Okay. And uh, Panek kind of looks up from the chair and says, Captain, you are back sooner than I expected. Was your trip fruitful? It was, actually, Mr. Panek. The, uh, we had an interesting experience that proved for once, no risk to life, limb, or sanity. Um, the full date, the full data, will be uploaded shortly to the court. That you are more than welcome to review at your leisure. But suffice it to say, um, it was a very enlightening experience. Speaking of which, sir, uh, I need not remind you that we do have a Tholian Observer aboard. Should we perhaps secure this information and restrict access until 
uh, our ambassador has left us. Of course. Uh, let's mark this level seven for the time being. So Shatsu nods and starts tapping at her console. Um, one thing I, I forgot to say before we came back, mm -hmm. um, with the video recorder and the, and the, the captain taking pictures, right. um, we will take a picture of all of us as dragons. Very nice. Naturally. And I'm going to have it framed and hung in the captain's uh, ready room. Because I would put it in the duck, but even Beckett thinks that that's a little bit too much information to just put out in the common room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, he will hang it, uh, he will have it framed and then um, uh, have it brought up and hung in the ready room. Um, before I. Um, before I walk into the turbo lift to leave, I will tell Panek, yeah, it was a uh, a, a great journey, and uh, you really should have seen how wonderful Zareed's copper dragon scales looked. And then I will shut the door. Uh -huh. uh, Panek, in typical Panek fashion, just says, I find this obsession with appearance to be highly logical. Um, and then also, because he's not in... Uh, voice chat right now, but I'm sure he will watch the VOD. Uh, I I very much am going to do the picture of the snarling copper dragon and have it play as a video, a holographic video over the top of his bed. Nice. nice. Uh, I kind of wanted it when he walked in, it would just pop out and scare him, but mm, I think just over the top of the bed would be okay. Okay. Notice. All and right. before anybody gives me grief on Twitter or anything else that I'm picking on Panek. This is payback for the Klingon EMH. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, uh, we have kind of reached the end of the session, so does anyone have any uh, last-minute bits of RP they wanted to do before we call the session to a close? Not on my front, no. Uh, not RP, just one rule small announcement sure. um i know we don't we i know we have some followers uh some people that watch um because my twitter has blown up a little bit um but the coming week memorial day weekend um which uh i actually won't be available for the the game which is the first time the gm is hearing this which is crappy mm -hmm. on my part that's okay uh i will be at gamex in los angeles at lax um, uh, with the Adventures League, which is uh, Dungeons Dragons 5th Edition. Um, and if you happen to watch this and you happen to be there, uh, come by and say hi. You can probably just yell out Beckett and I will answer to it. I've used the name way too much on different characters. So uh, if you're there, it would be really cool to see that, um, you know, see people that uh, listen to us have fun and poke fun at each other and possibly break the prime directive uh come by and say hi <laughs> that was only one time and there were extenuating circumstances um and we still don't even talk about that one time <laughs> <laughs> all right very good uh in that case what i'll do uh is i'm going to end the stream and the recording of course uh my two players stick around for after session stuff but uh those of you watching on uh, twitch or youtube of course thank you for watching and we will see you next week Bye bye